Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you continue to do for us, even though we know it's undeserving. We thank you for the grace and mercy that you show us every single day of our lives. We thank you for the word that you left us, that you provided us uh, to be able to show us your truth and how we ought to live this life. We thank you for the strength that you give us through the Holy Spirit to be able to continue to walk in your will, even though there are many times we'd rather not. We thank you for the fellowship of other believers who are eager to know your truth and to live according to it, staying watchful and vigilant, waiting for the return of the Messiah. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're going to start from Joshua chapter 6. And I'm going to read a few verses in here. And then we're going to get into this word. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its kings and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all of your men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And, the, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a loud blast with the trump with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before them. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to him, take up the Ark of the Covenant. And let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark. So it was that when Joshua had spoken to the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant and of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpet, and the rear guard came after the ark. When the priests continued blowing the trumpet, then Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your mouth, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circled the city, going around it once. Then it came, then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And we're going to skip down to verse 16. And the seventh time it happened, when the priest blew the trumpet, then Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab, the harlot, shall live, she and all who are in her house, were in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. Right? 
So I want to talk to you about the truth that is not about you. It's not about what you think. It's not about how you feel. And in the day, it's not about you. You know, one of the biggest problems that has affected many church institutions today is this idea that God does things. He sends blessings. He opens doors and miracles because of somebody, that person. Somehow, maybe they uh, were considered righteous or they were holy or they were above all, you know, or they made some better, they made more good decisions than bad decisions. But the truth is, when it comes to how God operates and the blessings that he sends and the things that he do in the lives of people, it's never about them. In fact, even the struggles we go through, whether it's self-inflicted or it's caused by circumstances outside of our control, it's still not about us. I'm sure that if we can recall, if you've, if you've been a churchgoer for a long time or at least a decent amount of time, especially back in the day, uh, you heard that song said, when praises go up, blessings come down. Very, very prominent uh, worship song. And it's so prominent and spoken so much and sang so often that you would think it's true, that this is actually biblical. I mean, I remember as a kid going to church and they would sing the song and you would put your hands in the air and you would sing, hands are in the air when they say praises go up. And then the next uh, words is when blessings come down that you would bow down and put your hands behind you. Praises go up, blessings come down. You had this you had this like dance show to go along with the, the statement. But the truth is, this is not even in scripture. In fact, the statement itself is not even biblical. It's nowhere found in the Bible. It's not in Psalms. Uh, it's not in Proverbs. This is created. This statement is really created out of a misunderstanding or an alteration of God's word to help gratify self and not glorify God. And you look at this when you see the story of Joshua when God was bringing them into Jericho through the, 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 the walls that had surrounded this place. God told them before they had to march, he said, I have given you the city. It's yours. But yet the wall still remained. And it wasn't because they shouted and praised God on the seventh day that God gave them the city. It was their initial obedience that caused God to give them the city. There are blessings and things that God has for us. It's already set up. But we get this misunderstanding through this social gospel, progressive Christianity that's been going on for decades, that if we somehow just praise him, that the things that he has waiting on us is going to show up. God doesn't want our praise when we don't choose to be obedient to him. In fact, our praises are nothing to God if we're not obedient. Had they walked around one time in those six days and opened their mouth, they would have never walked into Jericho. But they had to obey God's word. They had to, in the end, you got to think about it, seven days, six days of walking around this city and not one person saying a single word. That's a, an example of 
selflessness. I'm sure somebody was thinking, well, you know what? This is kind of silly. We're walking around the wall of a city God already said belongs to us instead of just going in here and taking it. And they had to put their self aside, their feelings aside of what they thought about it and had to be obedient. And the obedience opened up the door for them to not only have the walls come down flat, but to go in the city and everything that opposed them, their people, anything that opposed them or God, ultimately not them, but God, he destroyed them. They were doomed. And it wasn't for them. And this is what we have to really understand as believers, because we can get caught up in this, this lie that's, that's really moving throughout all these church institutions about self. You know, God wants to, if you just give to God, he going to bless you back. If you just uh, uh, praise him, if you just glorify him, he's going to bless you. Yet Jesus Christ said in Luke 9, 27, it says this, uh, anyone who wants to come after me, he said, let him deny himself. The first thing he says, deny you, then take up your cross daily. When you do those two things, then you are equipped to follow him. But you got prominent preachers, uh, you know, Joel Osteen and, and T.D. Jakes and, and, and uh, you know, just an array of people who are telling you that God wants to do great things in your life. He wants to bless you. And all you got to do is just praise him. Give him a let's give God a praise break. No, he wants obedience. That's what he that's what he requires. That is what God is seeking after. He's not looking for you to just throw your hands up and say, oh, God, you are awesome. You, you, you are magnificent. You're sovereign. You're holy. God already knows that. Now he wants to know, are you going to obey his sovereignty, his holiness, his righteousness? And do what his will says and not what we want done. And it's so easy to get caught up in that because at the end of the day, we can somehow feel like we're just, you know, going through it for no reason. Satan's after me. He's attacking me. Listen, if Job, who God said none was like him, to Satan. God spoke highly of Job to Satan. And yet Job turned around and under his trial and tribulations justified himself. How much more are we doing that today in these uh, self-gratifying 10 steps to loving you, speaking all this life over yourself, church institutions today. Many people in there, they are loving themselves into everlasting contempt. If we want to see the hand of God move, it's not about saying, God, you are awesome. It's about showing him he is awesome through obedience. In John 4, uh, 23 through 24, it says, but the hour is coming and now is where the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. It's a lie to be telling people that all they have to do is just give God the glory. What if they decide if they want to go, you know, rob somebody? If they wanted to 
say, oh, I'm not going to deal with this individual. I hate you. I can't stand you. But then we at church on Sunday expecting to hear a preacher tell us that God going to bless us. No, he's not. He don't bless disobedience. He don't bless unrighteousness. He don't bless wickedness. That's the reason why Job didn't get his blessing when he was going through his trial. Because Job started acting in a way that didn't reflect who God said he was. He didn't justify God. He justified himself. He went in it praising God. But as the storm kept raging in his life, he got to a place to say, why me? As if he's some person holy as or greater than God. If we want to see the hand of God move. And our obedience is what he wants. Our honoring his word and not honoring what we think about his word. What we feel or this, you know, this, this false idea that somehow we supposed to be blessed. It's never, it's never really been about man and humanity. Yes, the Bible does say that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. But it's, it's about God's, him getting the glory out of humanity. That's the reason why. He wants us to glorify him. That's why when you look at the Israelites, they continue all throughout the Old Testament. God's original people were constantly hard-headed, disobedient, doing things that they have no business doing. He pull them out of a problem, they go right back into the problem. Yet, he said that I'm going to uh, restore them. I'm going to, uh, to rebuild them, not because of them, but because his name's sake. So that in the end, he'll be glorified through him and what he do for the people. Not so much what the people do for God and praising him. You, you know, I, I used to be one of these people in the world who was very self-righteous. I, I wouldn't admit my faults. I wouldn't, you know, I had my own agenda and what I wanted to do. I had goals I want to accomplish, things I wanted to be successful in. And I put myself above everybody all the time. That was who I was at in, in a time in my life. And when I say self-righteous, I mean that truly. And then I got into a situation where I was wrongfully arrested, facing 25 years in prison. And then when I had faced this, I went in this situation self-righteous. I wanted revenge. I wanted to go after the people who were uh, persecuting me. And I felt like I shouldn't have been in this situation. I didn't, in, in, the, in the initial part of all this trial, I didn't take into consideration anything that I did self-righteous. I didn't consider any of my decisions of who I thought I was, that thought I thought I was better than people. I didn't look at any of that. All I knew that I was being treated wrong and I wanted to get out of it so I can get some revenge. You know, I went to the law library and I looked up the laws that they were accusing me of breaking and studied them as if I was trying to get a law degree. And try to figure out how is it that these people can arrest me and charge me with these crimes 
What did I miss? All these different things I was trying to do, being self-righteous. And then I came to a place in the middle of this trial and it, it was made very clear to me, you need to humble yourself and you need to forgive. And obviously that's not a thought process we initially want to have when we're being afflicted by something that, that ultimately we didn't do. It may be the results of, a, of, of us coming down a road um, and then someone wrecks us while we were driving, but we could have avoided going down that road. And I believe that God was showing me that. My lack of humility and, and walking around prideful and, and, and self-righteous brought me down that path. But at the end of the day, I got free and it wasn't because of me. It was because of God. It was because of his namesake, him receiving the glory, not because I sent praises up to him, but because I was obedient. And I found out as I got closer to the end of this trial, this, this test, this tribulation I was going through, that at the end of the day, it was never for me. It was for his glory and for other people. On my last day of court, I was going there to basically see what the judge wanted to do, continue to proceed with the case. You know, I didn't know specifically what was going to happen, but I did have a sense of peace and joy that I hadn't experienced through this whole test. And really, at, a time, at that time, I couldn't ever remember having the sense of peace and joy that I had before this, this moment. And when I was waiting to go into the courthouse, which was delayed, they opened the doors late. Somehow they were delayed. I don't know if, what, what happened and why they opened so late. They usually open the doors at 8 o'clock and we all go in, sit down, wait to be called. This time it was prolonged. And I went in. When they, Before I went in, I it came to me very clearly to pray for all the people who were going to see the same judge that I was seeing that day. And I looked at the names on the door and quietly said a prayer for every last one of them. And I went in there. I was the first one to be called. And to my surprise, the district attorney who was pretty, you know, had a pretty good name for himself in the Los Angeles County asked the judge to dismiss my case in the interest of justice. And while I waited around for the the minutes so I can have evidence and I can have proof that I've been set free. The judge started calling people after me and everyone after me case was dismissed. It was like something I could never imagine. In fact, even when I said the prayers, the silent prayers over the people who were going in there, I wasn't thinking anything about their case being dismissed, but I was being obedient. And that obedience set not just me free, but the people who were also in the same boat as me. This is all throughout the Bible where people have received God's blessing, his favor. Well, they, he took them through storms, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was their obedience to not bow down to the king and his laws 
that kept them in the midst of the fiery furnace. You know, another, unfortunately, stories that's used to manipulate a lot of churchgoers is the story of Joseph. You know, they they tell it in a way is that the reason why Joseph went through all that so that God can make him wealthy. And that's not true. Did Joseph become wealthy in the process of God's will being done? He did. But God strategically put Joseph in Egypt to preserve his people. So that when Christ comes for, when the Savior comes, he can come through, he can come through his people and, and save the world, be the Savior for the world from their sins, saving them from eternal damnation that was ultimately the purpose but had joseph refused to be obedient we wouldn't have heard about him in that way in that form and people say well how would you know that so let's look at moses life god specifically told moses to speak to the rock and not smite the rock not hit the rock but Moses chose to do what he wanted to do. He was disobedient. So instead of Moses going into the promised land and receiving all the wealth that God had set up for him, he, he didn't make it. In fact, everyone he brought out of Egypt, that first generation didn't make it. So obedience is important. Are we to praise God? Of course we are. We are supposed to give him the glory and the honor, praise him, lift him up. But we don't praise him as if it's some type of exchange or transaction where we praise him, he blesses us. It doesn't work like that. It's us walking in his will, being obedient to his will that causes us to be blessed in accordance to his will. Very important for us to realize. This is why in Philippians, the Bible tells us that God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Those needs we have that comes from the riches of God is through Christ. And to be in Christ is to be obedient to God's will. That kingdom of heaven, blessing, open up the window, pour out a blessing where there shall not be room enough to receive. We have to be done through obedience to God. That shows that we are in the will of Christ. This is why Jesus said that not everybody who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will. That entering the kingdom of heaven is not just uh, when your life passes away. It is the kingdom of heaven of your Receiving the blessings that come down from heaven. Doing the will of God opens up that door, opens up that window where the blessings come flowing down on us. But the manipulation that's given in a lot of church institutions, they got people seeking things, gratifying self, praising self, and not God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, around the world, 
even here in America, many people are struggling financially because of the world economy. So it would be a very great time for a manipulated pastor to bring some manipulated truth to the church and tell you to seek these things. Praise God and he's going to bless you with these things. You know, I saw an advertisement on social media. Uh, I think it was today. And it said that, you know, if you sign up for our program, it will help you financially grow your ministry. We'll help you structure your church staff in a way that will grow your ministry. As if this is some kind of business, being a believer. They apparently have something to help you become financially successful that's not in the Bible. So really understand that, yes, we are to give God praises. But that true praise he wants come from the walk that we have with him. That we're not afraid to tell people that it is Christ Jesus who saves. Rather than talk about to God be the glory because, you know, there are two gods out there. It's the God of the world, Satan, the Bible talks about this. And then there's a God of heaven, the Father of heaven. So we just, if it's easy, it's typically easier for us to say to God be the glory and not identify Christ. But the will is that we Worship Christ as God. When he died and rose again, he said, all powers me in heaven and earth is given unto me. So, walking with God, being obedient to his will, being led by the Holy Spirit is really true praises given to him. This is what it looks like to glorify God. They could have walked around one time the walls of Jericho and say, you know what? We're done. They could have did it four times and said, we're done. But six times they walked, kept their mouth closed. On the seventh day, they walked around seven times. And, and up until the last time, they didn't say anything. Followed his instructions, stayed obedient to the will of God. And because of that, he gave them the enemy that was on the other side of the wall. He gave them the blessings that was on the other side of the wall. Some of us are right on the cusp of coming through a tremendous trial. We have enemies right in our midst. But God won't give, them, give us victory. He won't raise us up and bring us through until we are obedient. And when he does this, we always have to remember it's never about us. Never. It's about him being glorified. And in this season, that's what we need to do more than anything. We need to glorify God. Because people are losing their souls left and right. Through broken gospels through disobedience, you name it. Lies about salvation, sinners' prayers, you name it. But in this season, we need to lift Christ up. And he knew this. We, he, that's why he said, in, in fact, John 12, 32, he says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I, I will draw all men unto me. 
Satan is so good at what he does, people are lifting up themselves. He got he convinced them to say they are a follower of Jesus Christ, yet they lifted up themselves. This this self-love, self-gratifying lie that is flooded church institutions. And yet they claim to follow Jesus Christ. And it's so it's such a manipulating, it's so crazy how he can manipulate people like this, yet the same the Bible, the same Bible they read from will tell you that before Christ went to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and three times prayed, asking God to take away the cup that he had to endure. And in the end, he said, you know, never, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. He denied himself when it was all said and done. And his obedience wasn't his praises to God. It was his obedience that allowed him to overcome the cross, rise up and receive all power. And the reason why? Because it wasn't about Christ. It was about God and his will. We need to keep that at the forefront of our mind when we're going through our trials and our tribulations, when we're dealing with persecution. The true believers, the church, the ecclesia, the chosen are more and more being hated. It's not the enemies. It's not the, 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 the LGTB or the, uh, you know, the, the abortion supporting people. It's the church people who are a threat to the true believers. It's those who say they are Christians. Jesus Christ told us that brothers shall betray brother in these times. It's the ones who say they believe in the, in the Messiah that hate Christians. When you look at how Christ walked, every argument he had, it was not with a person of the world. It was with those who said, who claimed to be people of God, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And while Jesus Christ said, yes, if the world hates you, know that they hate me first. It was the church people who sent them to the world to be crucified. They made sure they came after him. They sent the Sanhedrin after Jesus Christ saying, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. It was his own disciple that pointed him out with a kiss, a kiss. Which is the way you greet a person in that time is with a kiss. So while we are facing these trials that are here now and more to come later on, we have to know that it's not about us. It's about God and him getting the glory. I, I didn't think that when I had my son taken from me facing this 25 year prison sentence that I would later on be in a position to help many kids. That when these parents come to me and they talk to me about their children, I can relate to their stories and not just relate but also direct them as it relates to scripture. Not how I feel about it. Not this uh, seven steps, 10 steps to parenting, but how I overcame through the word of God, being actual proof of who he says he is. So we have to walk in this truth. 
There is no such thing as spending eternity with God when you're full of self. He didn't send Christ to die on the cross. We could walk around acting like we are his children because somehow we may think we're, we're holy or righteous because we do certain things or we've been in a church so long or we know the pastor. We tithe. We No. It's about obedience because that's what he wants. And beyond that, if, if we can't be obedient, God's not going to bless us. He's not going to uh, anoint us or, or, or prosper us or any of these things. People need to stop. De people need to stop declaring uh, Jeremiah's story that I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, to give you a hope and. All these things we, we were saying, uh, Jeremiah was called specifically to be a prophet and prophesy to the disobedient children of God and the world and those who oversaw the world. That's who he was called for and what he was called to do. But regardless of God's plans, Jeremiah still had to be obedient. He's not going to make him do anything. He won't make a single person do anything, period. So in this season, let's walk in the will of God, knowing the truth. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with us. It has us, when you look at this self idea, this self thought process, know that it is straight from Satan. It is straight from his mouth. As it was, it was Satan who, because of his uh, self ish ways went against God trying to take his throne. That's that that's that's how you know it's from Satan. That's how you know this is his way of uh getting people to follow wrong teachings. Again, anybody who wants to come after Christ must first deny themselves. You can't follow him. You say you can't even come after me. You can't even walk how I walk. You can't walk the way I walk until you deny yourself. There was a time when Jesus was having a, a, a discussion with the Pharisees. And he said, I don't tell you what I want to tell you. I tell you what the Father wants me to tell you. It means Jesus didn't have nothing to say. He just didn't say what he wanted to say. So let's walk in the will of God. And understand that the church... The true church, the, those who are called out, those who are convicted when the enemy tries to tempt us, so we get ready to say and do things. He said, just, just know that uh, you're supposed to go through it. Paul said, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not everybody's going to lose their life. Not everybody's going to have to be in that situation. However, you're going to go through it. But know that it's because of the glory that God wants to get out of your life. And when he gets the glory out of your life, you go back and look at everyone from the Old Testament to the New, and you'll see that they were rewarded. May not be in full reward, but they were rewarded. Because they put themselves aside and followed the will of God. They walked in faith, even though they didn't feel like it all the time. So keep, let's keep our heads up 
keep our hearts in the in in God, keep our minds in His Word, study His Word, stay in His truth, and God will bless you in 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 His riches. But when we're walking according to Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for all the tr truth that you've given us, your word, your will, your grace. We thank you for allowing us to be encouraged and bold and disciplined in this season to do all that you call us to do. Every lie of the enemy is defeated. We know this to be true. We who walk according to your will, we have won already. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the sword that you've given us to fight everything the enemy throws our way. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.